Michael Severe on 1620 The Zone. Now, Robert, I know that there's nobody better than you at immersing themselves in the indigenous foods and environment. What do you got this time? Listen, when you come to you Nebraska, always got a surprise for me. I always ask the people, hey, where should we go to eat? What should we do? And the number one place that I got was Muchachos. Muchachos. Muchachos, a little restaurant here not too far from the stadium. And they gave me this pipeline burrito. And, I mean, <laughs> you feel, you feel- uh, that's pretty cool. The folks over at Machado's um, and the Pipeline Burrito, that is awesome. I've been wanting to do Run a Damn Kitchen over there for a while. I obviously have to get somebody from Lincoln and schedule it and all of that. It's hoping for second season of Run a Damn Kitchen. We'll do um, one from there. and yeah, Season two, yeah, hopefully. That's the goal. Do one from there. I thought I had Fred Hoiberg going over there at one point, but then it ended up <sighs> falling apart. That's okay. You know, we'll figure it out. We'll get over there eventually. Okay, I'm sure Fred will have some time after he wins the Big Ten tourney. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Man. I mean, you know, it's, it's bad enough Nebraska loses the way it did yesterday. Mm-hmm. Then you have the Nebraska women fall into Drake after getting Stupid. handled by Creighton. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's nothing really good going on. Even, even Nebraska volleyball had that, you know, last weekend, had their struggles. Um yeah, it's been tough, man. Let's crawl back into your your hut and get ready for all your your family to come over and annoy you. And then you week. got yeah, you got a stupid Thanksgiving coming up, the holiday that features the worst food in America. You have to watch your cousins just sit on your couch the whole time. <laughs> I don't go have, home. It's not it's not that bad for us. Uh, I I did you know, crazy thing with all the, the issues with turkey is the majority of turkeys are juvenile. They're small turkeys. They're young mm-hmm. turkeys now. Yeah, those aren't full toms strutting out there. No. So mm-hmm. uh, about 13 pounds is one of the biggest turkeys I could find. Yeah. And my wife's all like, you can't, you got to make a bigger turkey than that. We always have all these leftovers, you know, mm-hmm. from turkey. And I know she likes making a turkey sandwich or two, but mm-hmm. it's it's annoying. So I'm going to make a 12.6 pound turkey. I'm yeah. going to make, uh, I got a, a roast, a smoked ham that I'm going to make. There you go. And then I got two Cornish hens that I'm going to make that I'm going to eat. Um, I'm going to make two. You know, so that'll be enough. That'll be enough food. I don't think I've ever had a Cornish hen before. I love Cornish hens. It's like like the best of a chicken Mm -hmm. all in one little area. It's so good. They're delicious. Um, Toughest losses of the season as we started before. Um, I put Purdue at five because even though it was a seven points and Nebraska had a chance to get a stop and couldn't, and failed in that fourth down and short to stop Purdue. It, it always kind of felt like Purdue was in control, in control of it, but it was amazing offense from Nebraska. So much fun to watch. Probably the highlight of the season, really, if you, you think about it. Wasn't a win, but highlight to the season in terms of the loss. And number four, I put Georgia Southern because it was just a, I need Hobbs to come on here and curse again, but just a bleep show, really. Um, you lose on a TD pass to Georgia Southern with 36 seconds left. 36 seconds left. Just brutal. Um, then you have, I put Northwestern at three. And maybe Northwestern for you is higher in terms of tough losses. I put it at three because it was really tough on the people that made that trip. <laughs> you travel that far for a game. Yes, you want to have fun. And you want to enjoy the game. But you want that long trip back to be buffered by a win. Like I've driven to Colorado and I've driven to 
Columbus, and I've driven to many places for Texas, many places for Nebraska games. You want that loss to be buffered, right? You want you want that drive back to be buffered, excuse me. And the flight back after that game had to be miserable. I put that at three. Number two, Minnesota, because of how well the defense played in the first half and what they did to Mo Abraham early and everything else. And it sucks that you make the hit at the end of the half and you knock out Tanner Morgan. Here comes the backup quarterback and everything turns. That was tough. Gave up 300 yards in the second half and 20 points. But I think Wisconsin's the toughest one because the feel in that stadium when Nebraska went up 14-3 to on the touchdown pass to Trey Palmer, there was confidence. You could hear it. You know, um, I remember hearing one of the Wisconsin reporters about five people down asking, hey, where's the press conference going to be? He started adjusting his brain to what am I going to do after this game? Like, where do I have to go to get my sound? Right? From Jim Leonard. So that's what he was thinking. Turns, second half, 202 yards in the second half. Gave up 111 in the first half. Up 14-3 going into the fourth quarter. Toughest loss. I put that down. Wisconsin being the toughest loss of the season. 402-951-1620, of course, brought to you by Equal Bank, where they take banking personally. Yeah. And answer the phone on the first ring, of course, as well. Um, the secondary was the place going into the game I thought Nebraska could attack Wisconsin. I, di- I didn't think they would have a great day on the ground, but I thought you still got to try. You still got to get touches to Anthony Grant. But I thought the secondary they could go after. Watch the Michigan State game over. Watch the Purdue game over. And Nebraska had some moments making some throws. But in the end, 12 of 20 for 106 yards, getting sacked three times, a total of nine tackles for loss for Wisconsin. Yeah, the offensive line just got pushed around in a number of ways. And you go to PFF grades, courtesy of um, Husker Online. You had four of the offensive linemen who played all but one snap. Bryce Binhart, Trent Hickson, Turner Corcoran, Ethan Piper. Piper played just 48. The other three guys played 49. Their grades overall, nobody was graded in the 60s. And 60s are kind of the minimum for success when you're talking about pro football focus. You want to be in the 60s. You'd love to be in the 70s. That's where you, ideally, your best things you do will be in the 70s. Bryce Binhart was a 57 grade. Hickson was a 54 grade. Corcoran was a 38. Man, remember when... Most of us thought Turner Corcoran might have the chance to be your your next first-round pick, maybe, when he got here, based off of the hype and the talent. Ethan Piper, 58. Those are your four guys who had the most snaps. None of them even graded in the 60s. And they allowed one, two, three, five hurries, two quarterback hits. Brock Bando had the best grade, 37 snaps, For Brock Bando, a 68.1, by far the best grade of any of the offensive linemen. Charged with 10 pressures on 30 dropbacks. A third of the time you're dropping back, you're getting pressure on your quarterback. That's just not good. That's just not good. And that's where Nebraska is. That's where they're struggling the most. All right, let's go to the phones. We start with Bob is one second ahead of Steve. We're going to go to Bob. Hey, Bob, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning. Hey, just real quick, I just wanted to touch base. Um, is this season and how, how the players are playing currently, the lack of development, I mean, it's obvious to see the, the lack of development. I believe the talent is is there. I just believe we just, 
you can't win on talent alone, and I don't believe the the Frost staff, the Mickey Joseph staff, is is really doing a, a service to this program. Looking forward to a new coach, new head coach, because I don't believe Mickey Joseph is is going to be named the head coach. That what? The coaches across the nation are they looking at this like we are, or are they looking at, boy, I don't, I don't know if I want to go anywhere near this program, or are they looking at, hey, there's a ton of talent there, I can jump in and de- and coach these kids up and develop them, and we can have a little, little something going on here. Name the guys, Bob, who you expect back that you'd say would be potential All Big Ten players. How many? Uh, I can't. The way, you said there's talent there, though. So how many of these guys oh, that are oh, talented? I, oh, I, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. I, I think I think Grant is, is is a solid player. Anthony Grant, you Obviously. think is all, potential All Big Ten? Uh, Trey Palmer, Anthony Grant can be he can be uh, up there. I believe so. Yes. I, I don't know if Trey um, Palmer's coming back, but Anthony Grant is playing as poorly as any running back in the Big Ten right now. Right now, right. earlier in the yeah. season, he earlier in the season he showed flashes of something he could be against he lesser defenses. Yeah, against lesser defenses, but against the best Big Ten defenses, he's done nothing. But he hasn't had much help up front in in, in the you know in the trenches. Completely either. agree. I th- I think there may be one player, maybe two on the entire team that you could say could be all Big Ten next year that are coming back. That's not a lot of talent if that's all you have. Well, that that's what I'm saying. I, I, talent wise, on the I mean we're getting three four stars. But that's evaluation I mean, though. It doesn't mean just because they're three or four stars. Turner Corkin was a high four-star, and he's just playing as poorly as anybody on the offensive line. I think that's a poor evaluation of him coming out of high school more than anything else. I mean, can all these schools be wrong, or are we just not developing these kids? Sure. I mean, you could have both Both be true. Some guys aren't getting developed, I mean, that, that, but some I were mean, evaluated Bryce, poorly. I mean, Bryce Benhart, wasn't he recruited by almost every big school in the Big Ten? He was recruited uh, by a lot, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, so so... I look at that and I say, okay, how how could Nebraska miss on that kid? Um, because we can all agree that he hasn't played up to his his evaluation either. No, he has not. And we can go and, and we can go on and on and on. So, but I, but but but, but I would say this, uh, Bryce Benhart. There were a lot of people locally who watched his stuff and said he doesn't look like he is an all big. He does. He's a, he's a Big Ten offensive tackle. Too long, didn't have a good bend, not very strong. So yes, he got evaluated by a lot of people as being good, but a lot of people. Me being one of them that did not see that in his tape. But, you know, you never know. You never know what happens with these guys. So based on what you're saying is you truly believe we have a severe lack of talent over lack of coaching. I think we have a talent problem. I think more than anything else, the last staff had an evaluation problem, not finding the people that fit what they wanted to do with their system, and then as a development problem. I think that's my order. Okay. Okay. That's fair enough. So based on that order, who do you like to see – step up and take this program over. I think the best chance they have to get good quickly based off of a guy's pass would be Matt Rule because we've seen him turn around two programs that weren't in good shape and win quickly with them with other people's talent and then his talent. I think Matt Rule is probably the best bet for it to happen quickly. If you want something over the long haul, I think a guy like Chris Kleiman from Kansas State could come here and be successful for 20 years. Well, I think I think everybody in in uh, Husker land would, would go long haul. I mean, certainly yeah. we've survived this long with, the, with you know, <laughs> sure. subpar performances. I mean, if, it's, if he's going to get us, would you say, you know, the next couple of decades? I mean, that's, that's the route you have to go. Right, sure, I completely agree. you got to find a guy who, 
who can take this program to the level you want to get to, but stay over the course of that time as well. And I think a guy like Kleiman would be that guy. I know Lipo would stay. I know he would, but for sure. Well, what about what about Dave Aranda? What do you, I, how do you, what's your feelings towards I, him? I'm a big fan of Dave, Dave Aranda. I love the defensive side of the ball. I love when he was at LSU and he was at Wisconsin. I just don't think that this is a place where he would – I don't think this is his next stop. I don't think this is where he would want to be, just personally. I would love to see him here, but I don't think it is. And then the last question, and I'll let you go. Do you think nationally coaches are still looking at Nebraska as a top, 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 top tier job, top tier program to coach at? Or are they looking at now as this is a major, major project and we got to get lightning in a bottle? I think both, Bob. And thanks for calling. I appreciate it. I think it's both. I think they look at the amount of money Nebraska is going to pay for their head coach and are willing to pay for the head coach and the assistant. And it puts it as a top tier job in the Big Ten. But at the same time, it is a huge project. It's a huge undertaking. It is. Uh, So I think it's both. And I think guys who are of that ilk, those type one personalities, I think those are type A, excuse me, personalities, I believe that they look at something like this as a challenge and go, I know I can get talent there. I know they're going to pay me. I know I can pay my assistants. I know the fan support is there. I know the facilities are in place. I can win here because of who I am. That's how most coaches are. Let's go back to the phones where Steve is this morning. What's up, Steve? How are you? Hey, uh, Michael. I've been following you for a while, and I love your show. Thanks, um, man. I'm uh, just going to say i am uh, been a Nebraska fan since I've been little. I'm in my 60s now. Uh-huh. And uh, my wife and I got a chance to attend our first game yesterday. That was your first one? Yes, it was my first one. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Uh, I tell you what, it was cold and it was miserable, but <laughs> it we dressed warm enough, and I tell you what, it the, the atmosphere was great. Uh, hopefully we can get back to a couple more, you know, and hopefully the team gets better. Um, but I just got to say, attending a game in person, I never thought I'd say this, but our offensive line is worse in person than they are on TV. It is. I mean, it, I didn't yeah. think that was possible, yeah. but yeah. it is what it is, and I agree with you about Anthony Grant. He reminds me of Robert Smith when he was with the Vikings his first couple of years. He never got to be good until he stuck his foot in the dirt and got physical. Yeah. Once you're physical, you set up the defense because they don't want you to run through them. Then you can cut off that. Grant just seems like he said he likes to dance a lot. And the other thing is, I keep hearing about our recruiting. It seems like our recruiting ever since Riley has been based on getting, and I don't want to say sissy wide receivers, but we got, we got more wide receivers, I think, on scholarship right now than we probably do offensive linemen. You know, and Mickey's a great recruiter, but he's a great recruiter of wide receivers. We need somebody in there that can get some offensive linemen that can play. Um, hopefully I didn't say anything that got to be bleeped out like that one guy did. So, uh, yeah, like I said, love your show. Um, hopefully the Huskers get better. Hopefully the coaching search turns out, and, and thank you for your time. Bye. I appreciate it, Steve. You didn't you did anything to get bleeped out. You, you do so- I hope that means he was listening on the stream. I know, me too. Or he just heard it get bleeped. That's true. And something happened, right? Right. Um, when you're at a game, you see so much more. And you can focus on that offensive line and just watch them individual snaps or or watch the holes that are open or aren't open. Or you can watch wide receivers get open. Because the TV now, if you look at the old games from the 70s, obviously it wasn't as clear, but they had these wide shots 
of almost everybody in the shot, from safety to running back. Everybody was in the shot. Nowadays, we've kind of, because of the quality, yes, but also because we want to focus a little tighter in, bring you in the action, we don't give you as much TV-wise. And so when you're at the game, yes, I agree, Steve, you can see the troubles that offensive line had. You really could when you're watching it there at the game, certainly. Let's go to the phones. One more call, then we'll come back and talk a little bit about the um, our friends from Senior Day and hear from Stephen M. Sipple as well. Uh, let's go to Quincy. Good morning, Quincy. How are you? Deion Sanders. We need to get Deion Sanders from our NXA head coach in Nebraska. He already said, though, that he's not coming. Hey, they, they, they better try harder because what? the defense sucks, just like your hairline, and it's just <laughs> everything's bad right now in Nebraska. It's funny how nice my hair is compared to your head, which is funny. It's just, it's just funny. <laughs> um, here's the thing about Deion is you, you can't money whip him. He's already got cash. So he's not a guy where you can say, I'm going to pay you this a whole bunch of money. He's got to come here and want to be here. And there is no way, Quincy, he wants to come play in that weather we had yesterday. No way in the world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, he's going to end up in Auburn, I think, personally. You think he's going to go to Auburn? He would, he'd be great at Auburn. I think eventually Florida State is where he ends up but in a couple years. You think so? I think in a couple years. I think in a couple years he ends up at Florida State. Yeah, that's where I think he ends up. I don't yeah. know. I think Auburn's gonna make a cut of a check where he gonna he gonna take over Nick Saban's uh, state. I can I could see that. I I think they're gonna actually hire Matt Rule. Is what I think Auburn hires. If oh, wow. if the, if if he decides to coach this year, so hey, it's Quincy. Yeah. I appreciate it. Got a shout out about my hairline as always. We'll take a break. We'll come back a little bit on Senior Day, and we'll chat with Stephen M. Sipple. All coming up here on Severe Reaction.